This is Daizen Shui XD Podcast, episode 142, for the week of August 17th, 2008. Welcome to Dies and Chewy X. Anyone. Anyone at all. Joy, why don't you do it for us? The podcast, an extension of the all encompassing Dragon Ball fan site. Dies and Chewy X. Alright, someone's with me now.、Uh, what's the rest of the line? We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of. Enlightening! And a little bit of entertaining. Thank you. We entertain ourselves.、Uh, Sorry, audience. Mostly. I was gonna say, you're all, like, off to the sides, not even paying attention. I、is、am it, paying attention. Podcast? Yes. In fact, the reason I'm distracted is because I'm preparing for the podcast. Oh. You should be proud.、Right. Well, let's start with you, Miss Preparedness. Okay. How are you? I'm fine. Your name is Mary. I am Mary. Hello. Okay. Done. Jeff. <laughs> oh, rejected. <laughs> <laughs> We got lots of stuff to talk about. I can't diddle daddle with. How was your day? All that kind of stuff.、So. I thought you were holding up your middle finger to the side, but you were actually just scratching the niche. Oh, there you go. Good old radio. People can't see things. Jeff, what's up? Hi, this is Jeff of VGCombos.com. How are you, Mike? Oh, how is that to say? Is that nice? Does it feel good on the inside? Oh, man, there's a project I'm a part of. That's awesome. Nice. Well, you're actually here not to talk about video games. I'm、no. sorry to break this to you. <sighs> you're here on this show, which means、uh, we're talking about manga. Ooh. Slightly delayed. In fact, very heavily delayed. But that's It's、yeah. okay. You know, things come up like Otakon. Like Otakon and Otakon. <laughs> and more Otakon. And more Otakon, yeah. And may- maybe a little bit more of Otakon. I don't really know. A lot of Otakon. All right, let's check in with Julian then. He's actually, you know, part of this site. Ah, damn it. We're recording Thursday night. So it's Friday morning in Japan. I have no idea where he is or what he's been doing. I know what he's been doing. Oh, you were following along with pictures. Yeah. Well, he, tell me what Julian's, Julian's been doing. Julian's been busy growing sideburns and it is the hotness. He's <gasps> taking cues from the mic and he's got sideburns going all the way down and Julian is awesome. Yes, I'd say he aged himself a good five years. So, growing those sideburns. Mad props, Julian. Nice. On the new style. I approve. And this approval comes from Mike, otherwise known as Vegito EX, who is suffering from con plague at the moment.、Mm. Although somehow my nose cleared up enough for me to talk. Let's see how long this lasts. Just in time for the show. Just in time for the show. That's how I am. Like, oh, body's going to get a podcast to do. I will calm down for the next hour or so. So、uh, let's talk about this episode. It's a Dragon Ball show. We have Dragon Ball things to talk about. We have various stuffages, which I think will consist mostly. Mostly of Otakon. Uh, kind of quick review, things that went on, things we saw, things we did.、Uh, and then we got some news for you. Then we got our topic, which is manga review of awesomeness. We're up to volume 18. And if you're looking over at yourself and you say there's no 18, that means、uh, you have Viz and we're talking about Dragon Ball Z volume 2.、Uh, we got some releases and emails, all that regular good stuff. So let's talk about Otakon. Jeff, I'm going to hand it over to you to begin with. Sweet. What went on at Otakon this year? Oh, man. Well, I mean, for、uh, con festivities, we had. Uh, I can't spoil the best part, Mike. You know, you've got to talk about <laughs> it. But I, we'll lead to that. Anyway,、uh, I had a video premiere. You did. You had、um, five write ins for Best in Show, I think it was. Yeah, for, for an introduction to a contest. It was not entered in such contest, but still it managed to get votes, which I'm very, very excited and happy for. <laughs> you were working on this for a long time. Yeah, about three months, yeah. Is there any Dragon Ball in it?、Um, there can be. Actually, <laughs> yes. Well, technically, yes. Brackus had Dragon Ball in his video. Okay, that's true. And there may have been a teensy, weensy little bit of Dragon Ball in the video somewhere. Well, at the very least, it's our computer that is. 
zooms in on. So yeah. There's, so there's stuff yes. on the desk. Yes, there may be true. something. I we... think during the con, I screamed. I was like, oh my God, it's, it's our oh my messy God, desk. That's my desk. I was wondering when you were going to catch to that and just like, <laughs> I want to hear him squirm. That'd be great. It's like, that's my desk. Oh my God, my monitor. <laughs> Do you like how I, I, I subtly took the Dell off the monitor? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get a chance to see that. It was moving so fast. Yeah, it was a pretty quick scene too. But the Pokemon was there on the table. I mean, uh, yep, it was true. Very quick though is the thing. Yeah. But yeah, I think, uh, I think the, re- the reaction and everything has been just like uh, more than I could ask for. It's just wonderful. It was awesome. That was definitely a big part of my weekend. So uh, there's been other stuff. Uh, you guys. Us do. guys. Oh, yeah. AMV contest. Mary, you and I are both in the contest. Yes, that's yeah. right. I think as of this recording, both our videos are up and available. And Yeah. Uh, mine are up on the org and mine will be up later on YouTube. Same goes. Rocking. Yep. Direct downloads. Indirect downloads. Keep on rocking. And MP4s and the XVids and the YouTubes. You know how that stuff works. Yes. I think the best part was like people singing Ju- Jukebox Hero after the contest because it couldn't get ah, out of their heads. I was one of them. One guitar. We were just kind of walking around doing that. It was, yeah. I think it was mostly so we weren't walking around saying, oh my God, shoes. There were so many things like after the contest that people kept saying from different AMVs. Like yes. probably more so this year than any other year. I think so. Yeah. Very true. Good nice. point. It was a good year for Spawning catchphrases. catchphrases. Yes. A good year for buzzwords and catchphrases. Good deal. Indeed. Jeff, what else did you do over the weekend? I partied with you. That this is very true. Let's party. <laughs> Let's party. <laughs> no shoes involved. No, no shoes involved. But a lot of uh, drunken singing and uh, wave wayfarings. <laughs> a lot of good times. Let's put it that way. I, I, I just spotted this coincidence yesterday. Okay. All right. Remember that part uh, where we sang Journey like really drunk? It was Brad, myself, Daniel, and uh, P. Wolf. Right, Scott? Yes. Yes. We were all judges for Iron Man. Yes. yes, I noticed. <laughs> Holy crap. How the hell did that happen, right? It's foreshadowing. So that video's got to oh, be Oh, just up so on you YouTube. know, we were playing that song at the, the reception. Awesome. So you're all obligated to sing along. Oh, part two. Here it goes. <laughs> Excellent. No, that was that was uh, your bachelor party. Mike. Yes. It was wonderful. Yes, Thursday evening, hosted by the Wondrous Deluxe. Oh, he did such an awesome, amazing job. We had fun. We had an, uh, such an amazing time. It was absolutely great. I agree completely. Yep. From what I remember. And the fact that I didn't have a hangover the morning after is a miracle. Fuck you, Jeff. <laughs> Unlike some people in this room. Yay! Mike came back and he was pretty funny. And I saw a very hilarious text message that he had with Bryce. That was like a foreign language. <laughs> we were talking about that all throughout the con. It was so awesome. <laughs> We will speak no more of this. Moving on. I repeat, I stop. Sorry, stop. Hi, uh, Mary. Yes. Hey, uh, what did you do at the convention? Dragon Ball stuff, because you know that's what we do here. Um, for the first time in a couple of years, I did not do a thorough run through the uh, dealer's room looking for Dragon Ball stuff. I didn't buy a single thing. I was just trying to be really How conscious about money and stuff. I was like, oh, I don't want to be spending money because I got food to pay for and all that. Yeah. So as far as neat Dragon Ball stuff, cosplay all the way. Best oh, Dragon Ball cosplay I've ever seen in one place ever. Oh, the best and the awesomest. It was all the ladies. It was all on the ladies. It was all the ladies. There was an awesome Master Roshi, though. That's true. They're awesome. That's the word, is awesome. Awesome to the max. It's totally most awesome. Any other comments on Dragon Ball stuff? It was great seeing um, this is DBZ Life during the best of AMVs. Oh, that was great. You were actually saying, we're not sure if that video holds up over time. because Because the audience was just dead after it played. I'm like, what? I remember when I first played at Otakon 2001. Standing ovation. Yeah, standing ovation. People going crazy. As opposed 
opposed to um, was that riding my bike? Was that from 1998? I think it was 98 or 99. Which is you know pretty much just one long scene, but people are laughing all through it and enjoy, which is totally fine. It was just weird that DBZ Life. I don't know. Maybe it was just the audience today. Maybe because we've seen that where a video can get a totally different response at the exact same convention just on different days. I like to think people were just in awe of its awesomeness. Say there's awesome again, uh, and they were just like whoa. Whoa. I don't know. I'm trying to be optimistic. So, uh, should we talk about the jam projects? <gasps> yeah. Jeff, you went to the show. Yes, I did. We weren't sitting next to each other. No, but but I saw you. We did see each other. Yeah, I saw lots of people. I was sending texts. <laughs> Maggie and Megan, and I don't know who else was up with them. They were up to our right, and I we saw them. We saw them sit down. They didn't see us. So I sent Maggie a text that said, "Look directly through." the camera in front of you towards the floor. And so after I sent it, I saw her, you know, looking at her phone and kind of like looking around and look down. I'm just standing there going, in my hand. (laughs) Oh, then I got an awesome Trunks figure too. You did. Yes, as a present. And he's still in his box. Oh my God. I need to free him. Free Trunks. You need to free the Trunks. I need to free free my Trunks. Holy crap, I gotta go. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the concert was absolutely amazing. Yes. I wish I knew more songs, but even despite that, it, it was didn't fun. It didn't matter. It was fun it watching matter. them. They yep. were just like bouncing up and down like crazy for a bunch of old guys. Hironobu Kageyama is quite possibly one of the best live performers I've ever seen for his age. And some of the other guys like falling on the floor and rolling around and shit. It was Awesome. I really like so the acoustic good. part when they took yeah, out the, yeah, the, the bongos and the yeah, guitars and stuff. stuff. Let's talk about Head Chala because he did indeed play it. We pretty much knew ahead of time that he was going to play it. So the way they did the concert is just like they've been doing it on their tour, where they do a bunch of Jam Project songs as a collective whole. Then they break down and some of the individual members come out and do a song. And then they did some more Jam Project stuff. I think that was the acoustic portion. Then they did a couple more individual songs. And then they did more Jam Project as a whole. So the first individual one was here in Nobuka. Gageyama. And he starts introducing the song. He's like, this is this is an old song. This is you know one of my this favorites. This was in to English, play. too. He's like from 1989. Oh, he was saying everything in English. He was amazing. And as soon as he said 1989, I'm just like, <laughs> you know what's coming up. And it was amazing that the audience was also cheering. Like there was a hardcore contingent there. People were singing along to Headchala. Absolutely. It was fantastic. It, I, I don't know what to say. I've seen Headchala performed live in front of me. Well, we should within... say it was sung live in front of you. There were no. True. Outside of the acoustic set, there weren't any instruments. Doesn't right. It matter. was just the five that were there rocking it out on stage with microphones with. You know, backing music in the background, playing over the speakers. So good. Other highlights of the show were Hiroshi Kitadani doing We Are, Utena opening theme. Uh, even the Macross 7 song, which I'd never heard before, was absolutely awesome. The did that acoustic. So much good stuff. The Super Robot Wars songs were good. Gao Gaigar, I love that song. Masaki Endo is such a great performer. Loved it. It was just an amazing show. Jeff, you knew how many songs? Three. Three. <laughs> Probably the same. No, I actually knew a couple more. I knew the Gal Gagar song. Yes, I knew you a couple did. others. Yep. But for only knowing the three songs. I only knew three, two. <laughs> nice. How enjoyable was it? Uh, that was like a perfect mixture of songs that did very well live, right? I mean, God right. forbid, those guys, they, I'm surprised they still had vocal cords after that show because like oh, whoa, they were yeah. belting, dude. They, they were, really were. They, we were saying like that's the definition of projection. Yes, absolutely. Oh, so 
so incredible. You just heard like five people go, oh, like the entire <laughs> show. You're like, oh, do you do you breathe at all? Like, do you still have time to talk? And there was definitely no <laughs> lip syncing. I mean, that was no. that was real performance. No, that definitely mm-hmm. was real performance. I mean, the the lack of a band behind them was certainly off putting at first, but then once they started getting into it, because yeah. they were they had so much into it, they had so much power. They totally did. It didn't matter. And, I uh, loved Hironobu Kageyama's introduction of Masaki Endo as most powerful member of Gem Project. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, not too many awkward English phrases, unfortunately. This no, because he spoke too well. Yeah, he did speak too well. There's a little bit of awkwardness. Everyone else is just they, like... They're very polite. We are happy to be here! Yay! Yay! I don't know what else to say about the show. It was great. Once in a it. lifetime show. Absolutely. I'm so glad we skipped the AMV contest on Friday to go see it. Other Dragon Ball stuff, just in the deals room, I did see a bunch of uh, the video games, all the Super Famicom games, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I didn't see any that I didn't already own, so I didn't grab any. Uh, I, you said you didn't purchase anything? I didn't purchase anything? You tried to bid on stuff? Oh, I did. Mr. Announcer, which is actually a female artist, had some awesome stuff this year. Two years ago, I got a little Dr. Slump thing that I absolutely love. This year, she did this amazing tribute art. It was Dragon Ball. It was Dr. Slump. It was Dragon Quest. It was Nekomajin. What else was in there? It was like anything that Toriyama has ever done. Mm-hmm. Just a character from it all together, all smiling. It was a rather large drawing too, uh, framed and everything. And there was a $30 bid. There's a $35 bid. That was it. So I bid 60 on it and I didn't check later that day. And then the next morning I went and I didn't get it, but I'm Aww. very happy for whoever got it. They obviously wanted it more than $60 worth. So uh, hopefully she made a nice little profit on that. It was so cool. She had a couple other really nice drawings there too. Yeah, like One Piece and Dragon Ball crossover. Oh, it's all about the crossovers this year. Tell me about the cosplay because that's what they were doing. Well, it was Sunday. kind of um, a direct parody of the figures that are coming out with yeah. you know people dressed up from One Piece as Dragon Ball characters and vice versa. Right, it's like a double cosplay. Dressed up as Luffy, dressed up as Goku. Mm-hmm. So nice. You also went to the Dragon Ball panel. We did. That was on Sunday. Uh, I know... It got bumped around a bit. It did. I know we definitely have some comments about fans. It was... It's it's not their fault. It's the kind of thing where you need years of experience to know how to handle those types of fans. And unfortunately, they got one or two of just that guy kind of things. That Like, that guy is absolutely right and will be the loudest person in the room and must be heard. Yeah. That kind of guy. Kind Even of, though he's wrong. Kind of guy would probably go up and punch in the face if I was talking to him on the street. But, um, you know, they had a lot of cool... They were, I loved how they were talking about the differences between male and female fans. And, Mary, this is something that you've kind of grown up with over the years. Early Dragon Ball fandom online seemed like it had a very, very, very heavy female sector. And that's why I love this panel so much. It was definitely it was that females. Women's. Yes, all the women's and the female slant that I had forgotten about all these years. Right, it's like, oh yeah! Away with all the 12-year-old testosterone floating around. <laughs> I mean, girls like Dragon Ball for the action too, but we have you know other things that we are into it. And that's about. what they are talking about. Is, you yeah. know, we, we can also like it for the action in addition to typical, oh yeah, we're females and we like this blah, 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 blah. So it was kind of neat that they attacked all those different areas. And yeah. Stuff. Good time. So hopefully there'll be a Dragon Ball panel next year as well because it seems like it's warranted. They get a very nice line outside in the room. They got the really big panel room this year. It actually reminded me of something uh, that was also something I think we all noticed at Otakon. Yes. Uh, and that was, um, there was uh, an, a, a good reaction to Dragon Ball 
in like general retrospect, you know, like yeah, that. it's weird. It's Weren't cool there, to like it again. Yeah, like there were mentions of it, and there were no boos, you know. Right. No one just was like, oh god, not that again. Like there is actually some positive, some mixed. It's like I could be but, a Dragon Ball fan and actually go outside. Right. <laughs> yeah, like the, not have to fear for my life. There wasn't any shame in it, which was really different from all previous Otakons, basically. Yeah. Any last things for Otakon? I mean, we spent a little bit of time on it. We didn't get a chance to do a whole lot of con. Things. We did just enough. I feel like we did just enough. The yep. concert was, and the AV contest too, those the two things that made the con. Tried to do a couple panels. I think the only other panels we got to were the AMV panel that um, Brad and Daniel and Scott were doing. And I checked out uh, Geek Knights did an Advance Wars panel. Because I didn't get a chance to otherwise see Rim and Scott like the entire weekend. I love going to their panels because they know how to project and they put on a good show. I love that kind of stuff. And even though I know nothing about Advance Wars, I was like, this will probably entertain You just have to be a fanboy and go yeah, see them. Exactly. This guy must be in their presence. And I heard that Daryl from Anime World Order was also there this weekend. Totally missed him or anything he was doing. So I was kind of upset I didn't get a chance to do any podcast stuff. That's true. I thought there was a segment of our well, like, fandom. What is missing here? But whatever. <laughs> Absolutely good times. Probably one of my favorite Otakons ever. It was my 10th Otakon. Yeah. So uh, looking forward to number 11 next year. Anything else? That's it. All right. That's the stuff. We got news and a decent sized topic. So let's get moving. Mary, Atari has actually made some money. Who'd have thunk it? I remember, Jeff, uh, before we got started, you were like, duh, 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 what? Duh, what is this red text you've written over on the outline, Mike? That cannot be true. Mary, fiscal 2009 quarter one net income of $3.5 They actually made some money as opposed to last year with a net loss of $11.9 million. Well, how much of that is people coming in and cleaning up their mess and how much of it is, you know, whatever recent games came out? Well, there's a lot of stuff. We have a couple key quotes here from uh, their latest uh, SEC filing. Why don't you read the first little blockage here? Okay. Net publishing product sales during the three months ended June 30th, 2008 were driven by new releases of Dragon Ball Z Burst Limit, Xbox 360 and PS3, and Alone in the Dark, Xbox 360, Wii, PS2, and PC. These titles comprised approximately 79% of our net publishing product sales. The three months ended June 30th, 2007 sales were driven by back catalog sales, approximately 86% of all publishing net product sales. Mm, back catalog sales. You think Sparking Meteor or Budokai Tenkaichi 3? Yeah, should probably be stuff. a part of that. Yeah. That's technically an older game. It's the previous one. So uh, pretty interesting there. Alone in the Dark, uh, if you've been listening to any gaming podcast, you know what's going on with that, where it's kind of overhyped and got yeah, it, now it's reviews. Crap. And it's not quite crap. It's got a lot of interesting stuff in it, blah, 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 blah. Whatever. We have uh, a couple other interesting things here. Jeff, why don't you tell me about the selling and distribution expenses? Well, selling and distribution expenses primarily include shipping, personnel, advertising, promotions, and distribution expenses. Henceforth, it's called selling and distribution. Anyway. During the three months ended June 30th, 2008, selling and distribution expenses increased $2.8 million, or approximately 78.2% due to increased spending on advertising of $2.8 million to support the period's new releases like Dragon Ball Z Burst Limit and Alone in the Dark, offset by savings in salaries and related overhead costs due to reduced headcount resulting from personnel reductions. So basically, they actually advertise the game this time? 
and they had less people. So this kind of all comes together to do halfway well for them. We talked about their commercials with that Kamehameha and like people have actually seen them. Yes. And people, you know, it was out, a good commercial outside of my most immediate fandoms have commented to me about this. So obviously they got out there somewhere. So good on them for, you know, putting some cash in advertising things. And apparently it paid off. If you tell fans that there's new stuff out there, they'll know and they'll buy it. I, I guess that's how the market works. Spend money to make money. Word. Another bit of video game news here. There is no such thing as final Budokai. Ah, rumor dispelled. Mary, you and I were talking about this last week where a bunch of Portuguese sites were saying, oh my god, at Leipzig, Atari's gonna be showing off final Budokai. Even though there's no source or reputable you know, backings to this. No sources, no citations whatsoever. And here we have Atari's own official press release about what they'll be showing at Leipzig. No mention of anything like this whatsoever. In fact, for Dragon Ball, all they're showing is Burst Limit, which is already out. So squashed right there. Either people making stuff up to see how far it gets around or misquoting things, whatever, ain't real. Mary, this is uh, more interesting stuff. You looked at it and you thought it was something else. Yes, I looked at this, which we will say what it is, and I thought it was the Dragon Ball Z live-action movie becoming a direct-to-DVD movie, which wouldn't surprise me if that ever happened someday. <laughs> Happen to dead or alive, sort of, kind of. But that's not what this is. No, it's a novel adaptation of the Dragon Ball live-action movie. The junior novel. Yeah. Oh, I guess only kids like Dragon Ball. Uh, that's what happens with movies. You know, they put out the book that basically tells the story. This will be adapted by Stacia Dish and Rodi Kohon. If that's how you say their names. I know it. Jeff, don't laugh. Jemina, they got her focus. Focus. Get back with me here. Okay, okay. All right, we're good. Okay. Uh, basically, they, it looks like they've done just some random kid stuff, uh, Disney-related things. Nothing of any real interest here. Uh, I'll pick it up. I'll read it. What the hell? Anyone else? You're alone. Spoilers! <laughs> so, Mary's worried about spoilers, and Jeff has no interest in reading it. Great. <laughs> I'll mail it to Julian. He'll be interested in it. He'll read it. We can... Read it together and cry. Uh, speaking of books, Jeff, I'm going to hand you something. Hey, that looks like a familiar book. Do you know what that is? Why, I bet that's a Daisenshu, isn't it? It is! But wait a minute. Something's odd about this Daisenshu. And it made something fall. <laughs> it happens to be in English. It is! It came in this week, despite it not being out until the 19th. Amazon uh, appears to be shipping it to everyone. So Daisenshu 1, without the one on it, complete illustrations, is uh, shipping to people. We got a picture of it up on the homepage. We have a huge thread talking about it over on our forum. Next week, we'll probably do, uh, our topic will be a review of this book. But it's out, and it's pretty fucking awesome. It's scary how dead accurate it if is to the original. you just really quickly, it looks like... The, like the shininess uh, of the gold yeah. on the cover, the pull-out poster in the front. It's exactly the same. I do have to say, and we'll talk more about this next week, I did already find a couple errors. Like, two minutes with the book, I found a typo. The wrong here, they meant to say here is in, like, I hear you and not come over here. Uh-uh-uh. And the dreaded H word is in there, and that makes me sad. But all in all, there's, like, hardly any text in here, so it's kind of easy to put out. But it's really exciting. For the first time, we have an English Daisenshu out in this country. When I updated on the homepage, I was saying, when I was holding this in my hands, it was almost the same feeling as when, back in 2000, we had the first uh, Funimation in-house DVD release with a subtitle track on it. It's kind of thing like, 
oh, this will never happen. And here we are. How many years later? And this actually happened. So we'll talk more about it next week. Jeff's looking through it. Spoilers. Well, you've already read all that stuff. I, I, I haven't gotten to the spoiler part yet. Well, that's because you're reading it the wrong way. You're going towards the beginning. Yeah, it says this book reads from right to left. Oh, you're, huh. I can't see. <laughs> Backwards. Uh, uh, I think that's all the news for the week, so let's take it on over to the topic. Ooh, ooh. I have Dragon Ball-related story, sort of. Woo! Okay. And it involves my workplace. Holy crap. We interrupt this regularly scheduled topic to bring you Jeff's stories. Okay, so wait. All right. Okay, so wait, wait. All right. All right I'm, okay. I'm waiting. I'm holding right, on. Okay, okay. All right. All right. So I'm at work, and uh, they opened up a Tivana in our mall, which is awesome because, uh, you know, I'm starting to get into tea. Oh, uh, great. Yeah, I don't know much about it, of course. So I'm just going there and like, what do you got? Uh, we got this tea. Okay, cool, whatever. And, you know, I always look over at some of the titles, and there's like, you know, Monkey Oolong Tea, which, as they say, is the most expensive one. I know exactly sell. where this is going. Okay, so, right. So this... Uh, one of the Says guys, Mike drinking his green tea. Yeah, Continue. right. <laughs> so uh, I'm kind of having this conversation with the guy in the back, and uh, you know he drinks a lot of tea, so we're kind of just talking back and forth about what we know. And uh, I was saying, yeah, that that monkey oolong tea is really expensive, isn't it? He's like, yeah, and there's also this one called Puar. And I'm like, you mean Puar? <laughs> <laughs> and he just gives you this blank stare of, what? <laughs> What's wrong like, with you? Oh, uh, I mean, I mean, yeah, Puar, right. I'm sure it's really expensive. <laughs> anyway, that's my story. Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. Woo! Yes. Nice. So anyways, we're here to talk about manga, which may or may not include Oolong and Pue. Pue. <laughs> Having tea. <laughs> Together. We've turned this into something. <laughs> Fantastic. We are up to volume 18 of the manga. Like I said, that is DBZ volume 2 because the original thing is just Dragon Ball beginning to end over in Japan. So uh, what we're going to do is kind of breeze through chapter by chapter, give you the breakdown of the events, and then we'll get to the end and uh, get all the little perspectives. You've got me, who's read the whole thing back to front, knows it all, whatever, at least I pretend to. We've got Mary over here. You've actually read... Uh, I've read this part, yeah. You've read the entire Saiyajin arc, I think, in the manga. Yep. You read a little bit in the freeze, and you were like, uh, mm-hmm. and that's about it. Just like the anime. And Jeff, you are reading through, uh, as we've said before, you're reading through the entire manga for the first time ever. Woohoo! Nice. So why don't we get going? We'll start it off with chapter 205. So they all figure out that this scouter was how Raditz found them and all that and all that assorted stuffage. Bulma decides she's going to fix it, and uh, then they can find Yamcha and Tenshin Han for help. Piccolo grows his arm back and declares that he's taking Gohan for training. Up at the check-in station in the afterlife, Kamisama is asking Enma Dayo if Goku may proceed to train with Kaiosama. Enma is enormous. Apparently Goku could just go straight to heaven, but Enma will allow him to go train. Mahogany. Mahogany. <laughs> Goku asked if Raditz came by, and must send him straight down to hell, but uh, he put up a fight ahead of time. Mental note, I want to talk about that later. Kami's hilarity as he tries to talk between the two. He's like this uh, in-betweener where Enma's doing this, and Goku's just like, hey, y'all, what's going on? Talking to his regular hick self. He's kind of in-between. And I love the scene later on uh, around this area where Enma's just like, stop thinking so loud. Get out of here. Good times. Goku takes off. Um, Goku takes off, and uh, this is when he get Kami gets screamed at because he's thinking about how much of a pinch they're all in. Little Oni guy helps Goku uh, get to the entrance of the Serpentine Road. 
otherwise known as Snake Way in the dub. Apparently, Kaio is a super awesome god. The road is about a million kilometers or kilometers. Only Enma has made it all the way down there, though. Goku really shouldn't fall off because he'll fall into hell and he'll never really get out of there. Goku tells the helper to relay information that he shouldn't be wished back for a full year and then he flies off down the road. Up in an airship, Kudadin's trying not to get stuck having to tell Chi-Chi all the events that have transpired. Uh, back up on the road, Goku resorts to running because he's used up too much energy. Mary, give me 206. Alrighty, chapter 206. Piccolo lands in a wasteland with Gohan and throws him into the water to wake him up. Gohan just keeps screaming and crying and Piccolo tries to deal with I'll him. I'll slit your throat! Arr, I'll eat you. <laughs> he didn't say that. Yeah, well he should. You just want to gobble him up! Uh, please continue. Piccolo explains the situation in Gohan's dormant power. Gohan insists that he doesn't have any, so Piccolo tosses him into a mountain, which Gohan promptly blows up. Piccolo is shocked and comments to himself that he's training the person who may actually turn out to be his worst adversary. Piccolo explains to Gohan that his power is coming out in short bursts and that he must be taught to control it. Gohan wants to be trained by his dad, but Piccolo says Goku clearly wouldn't have the necessary toughness. Goku, upon... I guess he wouldn't hear this, but right. he sneezes and he keeps on running. It's uh, a Japanese thing. Japanese like, thing. When someone's talking about you, you sneeze. Moving on. Jeff, give me 207. No one talk about me. Oh, my God. <laughs> I have a so there's this guy face. named Jeff. Uh, uh, the screen. Okay. <clears throat> 207. Piccolo tells Gohan to just live and survive by himself for six months in a jungle. And then if he's alive, he'll train him. Up above, Kami has noticed that something is different about Piccolo. He's still evil, but not the same perfect Daimao as before. Kami says that normally those killed by demons drift in something like purgatory. Raditz went to the afterlife, so something's different. Kami comments that perhaps they know they pretty much only have one year left to live. Meanwhile, Gohan sits by himself on a rock when a giant dinosaur comes up and tries to eat him. The dinosaur scoops up what should have been Gohan, but Gohan has somehow teleported up top a mountain and can't get down. Gohan cries himself to sleep, wakes up to see two apples and despite realizing there's no apple tree there proceeds to have to be happy and eat them piccolo is up above watching over him cursing him at the same time and goku is still running and jumping his way down the road i see a recurring theme here with how chapters end <laughs> <laughs> Chapter 208. Gohan wakes up to pee. Piccolo lifts up an eye, still kind of washing from above. Gohan notices the full moon and proceeds to go Ozaru, destroying the entire area. Piccolo is rightfully so kind of freaked out. He remembers how Raditz mentioned their power comes from the full moon. He turns around and Piccolo blows up the moon. Gohan reverts to his naked normal self. Piccolo walks up and pulls the tail straight off, shuddering to think about what could have happened, both with Gohan and these two Saiyajin that are coming to Earth. Piccolo gives Gohan some new clothes and a sword and takes off to train on his own. Meanwhile, Goku's taking a nap. Mary 209. Chi-Chi is flying to Kame House with Gu Mao in tow, pissed that Goku and Gohan aren't back yet. Bulma has fixed the scouter. Yay! And she proceeds to read everyone's power levels. Uh, uh battle powers. Battle powers. <laughs> Kame Senin is 139, Kudin is 206, there's a 250, which is Ten Shinhan, and a 177, which is Yamcha. Far off, but they can pinpoint them with it. There's also a 329, which must be Piccolo. Yajirobe shows up saying that Kami-sama wants everyone there for training, and not to wish Goku back since he's training in the afterlife. Chi-Chi and Gu Mao show up, and uh, Chi-Chi gets an earful of the whole story and passes out. 
Six months pass, and <laughs> everyone, including Yamcha, Chen Chunhan, and Chaozu, have been training up at Kamisama's tower. Goku's still running, meanwhile, back on Serpentine Road. Back on the ranch. Back on the ranch. Also back on the ranch, Gohan's doing great. He's all cheerful and cutting off the ends of dinosaurs' tails for food, and Piccolo says it's time for the real training to begin. Chapter 210. Gohan is practicing his offense on Piccolo, who's having no problem at all deflecting it. Piccolo disappears and smacks Gohan, who says it isn't fair, and gets zapped. You said no eye lasers. Piccolo reminds Gohan that they only have six months left and get back to work. But Goku keeps running and finally hits the end where there's nothing. But he looks up and it sees a tiny planet, so he jumps towards it and gets plucked down by heavy gravity. Goku sees a monkey, who he assumes is Kaiosama, starts walking <laughs> like a monkey. Of course it is. Yeah, of course. So he starts walking just like the monkey to copy him, going all ooh-ooh-ah. The real Kaiosama shows up and makes terrible jokes. Goku wants to be trained, but he has to tell a joke in order to get that far. So Goku gets Kaio to laugh. Kaio asks him to jump, so he does, but not as high as he wanted because of the gravity. However, Kaio is psyched to see where this will go, since he jumped so high in gravity 10 times what he was used to. Chapter 211. Kaio determines that they have 158 days, which is fine, because that's like training for a few thousand years back home. Goku's first task will be to just catch Bubbles, which is the little monkey, named after another monkey named Bubbles. Goku is struggling and finally takes off all his weighted clothing in order to move faster but it's still no good. Goku asks if he can eat to get some energy back and Kaio comments that it's the first hungry dead person he's ever seen. Goku asks about Kaio's hobbies and he shows off his car. He's like, yeah, I drive. And <laughs> even Goku is kind of like, really? What? That's like 10 feet. Well, the best thing is like, I hear the, the I count the blades of grass. <laughs> I hear the rustling of the wind. I have a lot of free time. And I drive. You know? <laughs> Kaio gets Goku back to his training, saying the Saiyajin also have gravity about ten times that of Earth. Goku goes ahead and lets it slip that he is also Saiyajin. Back on Earth, Gohan's all beat up, and Piccolo comments that he's not whining anymore. Gohan tries to make some small talk after this, but Piccolo screams at him to go to sleep. Forty days later, Goku finally catches Bubbles. Kaio says that there's still 118 days, and Goku may actually be able to master the Kaioken, which he never mastered himself, despite it being named after him. Kaio pumps up Goku. Goku for the rest of his training, but decides to take a tea break first, and everyone face falls. Kami tells everyone that their training is over, and for them to return below and continue training on their own. Gohan's controlling his energy pretty well. Goku's not doing well enough, though, uh, for himself. And, uh, this is like a constant back on the ranch, back on the ranch, back on the ranch. Udanai Baba can't tell what the future is, uh, Kami-san and Bulma are talking to her, and everyone's off putting in their best. Gambate! Kind of thing. Chapter 212, what you got? Alrighty, chapter 212. The two Saiyajin are heading towards Earth. Oh my god! Goku gathers energy in his right hand while Kaio flings a giant brick around the planet that he's training on. Goku spins around and blasts it with the Genki Dama. Kaio explains that it gathers energy from all living things so that it's really small on this planet. It would be huge on Earth. Goku should avoid using it at all costs, but once at most. Kaio freaks out and realizes that he didn't take into consideration that Goku would have to actually travel back to Earth, which should take him two days. Goku talks to Kame sending at home through Kaio-sama. The Saiyajin will be there tomorrow and needs to be wished back to life. Kaio gives Goku new clothes with the Kame symbol on front and the Kaio symbol on the back. Except I don't think Goku noticed. He's just kind of blah, 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 blah. I was like, hey, you look pretty spiffy on the back there. We should note that Kaio isn't actually a real kanji. It's a created one by Toriyama combining different things. Oh. 
I did not know that. Please continue. Shenlong has been summoned. He can't just destroy the Saiyajin, so they opt for wishing Goku back to life. Piccolo notices the sky and assumes that the wish has been made. Goku hops down the road and starts rushing back. At 11.43 a.m., the Saiyajin arrive. Dun dun dun! Chapter 213. Chapter 213, the two space capsules leave giant craters in the middle of the city, and the short one steps out. Piccolo and everyone else immediately sense the enormous key. The tall one raises two fingers and levels the city in a single moment. Vegeta tells Nappa to stop the destruction. The one who killed Raditz will show where the Dragon Balls are. The highest power should be him, and they fly off that way once they figure out where that is. Everyone else preps themselves and flies off to where Piccolo is. At Kame House, everyone there gets word via the television what's going on, but they're not strong enough to help, though. 12.20 p.m. What is this, 24 all of a sudden? <laughs> Piccolo freaks out as another power shows up, but it's cooted in. Brief small talk and reintroductions ensue. The Saijin have arrived at the battlefield very strong. They note that the Earthlings must have been preparing for them. Chapter 214, Vegeta recognizes the voice of Piccolo from the scouter. Nappa notes that he's Namekian, and therefore an alien. Oh, that's what he is. They still want the Dragon Balls. While Piccolo now knows who he is, it doesn't really change the fact that he didn't make the Dragon Balls, and he's here to fight. Up above, Kamisama also reflects on this new information, and talks about the feeling he had to create such magical objects, like, oh, it was just deep within me, and I felt like I had to do this, and blah 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 blah. Kami's talking, no one's really paying attention to him. Napa's battle powers is comparatively low, but Vegeta tells him to take it off and ignore the readings since they can change their powers. That's how that quote weakling unquote got himself killed. That being Raditz. Napa plants six weird things into the ground, and out come the Saibai men. Tenshinhan, Chaozu, and Yamcha all suddenly arrive one after the other. Vegeta says that there are even numbers on each side now, so there should be some good one-on-one fights for a little game. Tenshinhan goes first. He gets in some hits, but then the Saibai man expels some acid from his. Head, but Tenshin Han ends up beating it anyways. Why do they call them cultivars in the... Saibai is cultivate. Ah. And then there's men. Okay. So Viz opted for just cultivars. I think some other language uh, did a similar translation. But we should note that it's not Saiba, it's Saibai. I've been getting it wrong all these years, apparently. But Funimation did Saiba. Mm-hmm. So there you go. And knowledge is power. Chapter 215. Nappa says it's impossible since the Saibai men are all at 1,200, equal to Raditz. Vegeta says the Earthlings are clearly stronger than that, then. Duh. The Saibai men trying to get back up, but Vegeta fires and destroys it. Yamcha decides to go next since Kuridin's already been wished back to life once before. He rushes in at super speed, and Gohan's having trouble keeping up with them. Yamcha fires a Kamehameha and drives the Saibai man into the ground. He drops his guard, jumps up, latches onto Yamcha, and... And uh, Kamikaze's itself blowing Yamcha up in the process. Yamcha-san! Kudidin runs over to his now dead friend. Vegeta tells him to pick up the trash. Kudidin, yeah. Well, that works. <laughs> That's fine. Kud- <laughs> <laughs> now you're all fucked up. Kudidin turns around and launches a double blast. Jeff, why don't you give me the last chapter here? 216. Everyone jumps away. Piccolo notes that the power is huge but has no speed. Kudidin splits it down to part and, and hit each individual Saibai man remaining. One manages to get away and rushes into Gohan, but Piccolo grabs it, punches it in the gut, tosses it into the sky, and destroys it with a mouth blast. Nappa and Vegeta emerge from the smoke unscathed. Nappa's going to go first and begins powering up. And there you have Volume 18, or DBZ Volume 2, going by the Viz. What we got on this one? I'm gonna go to Mary first. How about some general thoughts on what we've just read? It's going to be a lot of reiterating what I said about the first volume, which is I love how fast this is compared to the anime, which is what I am most familiar with. Oh, yeah. A comment I made the other night while I was doing my notes.
notes. I'm like, all right, he's caught bubbles, blah, blah, blah. Oh, wait, Gregory's not in the manga. This is awesome. Yep, his training is super speedy, and the running down the snake uh, road is also very, very fast. So, Jeff, in the TV series, after he catches bubbles, Kaio brings out his pet grasshopper, I guess he is, named Gregory, and Goku has to chase him around the planet and hit him on the head with a mallet. It's actually not that bad. The Saiyajin arc in the TV series moves along pretty well, but... But this moves even faster. This moves faster. really fast. I actually think it might move a little too fast. Hmm. Did, did you get that impression at all? I did, only like because of the six-month six jump. Yeah. I feel like Toriyama's kind of th- immediately throwing character development by the wayside. I'm actually quite shocked at how fast that's yeah. become the case. We've had that before, but we've had logical lead-ups to that, like the 23rd Tenka Ishibudokai. This was just, well, I gotta get them to Earth to fight every... Oh, six months, sure. Jeff, time, pacing. We talked a lot about that stuff kind of early on when we were reading the manga, but it kind of went away because we had tournaments and they have their own style of pacing. Now we're into like a combination of exposition and hardcore fighting. Is it throwing you for a loop? Do you have any thoughts on that? Toriyama's got to be doing something right because this is my second favorite volume no so far. No shit. Yep. Really? Mm-hmm. Yep. What, what is it? Tell me. Uh, it, I gotta tell you, whatever it is, the, the pacing I thought was great. I loved the fact that it was fast. I loved the fact that there was so much going on. It still ended on a cliffhanger. But, uh, the whole training thing of Gohan, I totally see a parallel to Goku's training. Oh, totally. And this, this is why it's second favorite to that chapter, or to that volume, rather. So you're partial to these non-fighting, like, almost character by himself, doing his own thing. Yeah. Like, learning life lessons. Well, well, there's still some fighting in this one, there too. Is. Yeah. In fact, that's also another reason why I love this manga as well. But I'm, I'm sure we'll get to that. Okay. But, um, the whole thing with the the the, the pacing, especially, I, you know what? That time shift always gets me. It's still <laughs> awkward whenever it comes up. But yeah. you know, you adjust to it really quickly. They just go. I mean, Toriyama's right. just unrelenting. It happens. Go right so you're just it. like, all right, whatever. I'll exactly. Go with it. So it's just easy to adjust to because he just goes right into it, and it's like, oh, not you know, that's nothing special. Let's go. Keep going. You know? Right. So it's um. It's just nicely well done. There's so many angles to follow and, you know, there's parallel storylines and, you know, once uh, one character finishes, the other character finishes. You know, Goku right. hits the end of the, the serpentine road. Is that what I'm reading? Yeah. Okay. You, you know, snakes. Yeah, but it's a Cause, dragon. Because it's, it's got a big snake. It's like a head. dragon road or something? Or? Well, no, it's, it's a snake. Snake road? Okay. Well, so Goku gets to the end of that. Yep. Meanwhile, there are other things like, like Gohan gets his real training. You know, there's like some interesting, like, back and forth stuff going on between storylines. Right. So, and of course, the gang's all back. Right, right. Everyone's here. So that's awesome. Mary, I actually want to bring it back to you and talk a little bit more because Jeff was talking about Gohan training. Let's compare that to the TV series a little more. TV series, we had things like the robot episode. The orphans. The orphans. A lot more life lessons in the anime, but right. we kind of get a very brief taste of that, I guess, with him and the dinosaur and cooking parts of his body. I actually think that the TV series, I don't know, I wouldn't say it did a better job. It was kind of like an additional bonus. It was his dinosaur friend that ended up getting eaten. And that shot of Gohan walking into the sunset with the tears from his eyes, but he's like, I got to deal with this. I got to move on. I thought the TV series did a great job with that. We don't get it here. I don't think it really affects what you read in the manga, but it was such a great added bonus in the TV series. The robot episode, 
whatever, I kind of feel, eh, I'll, I'll take it. The Orphans was really, really boring to me. But what I like it did there was it showed even more of, like, Gohan went home. He was in the forest, like, right at the edge of the Sone family house. But he said, I can't do this. I have to train. So we did get much more character development in the TV series. But we had really good pacing here, and we got just enough lessons that I think it works. I feel like it's almost hard to get to know Gohan in these chapters, although it is fun seeing him interact with Piccolo yeah. once he's gotten used to him. Oh, I love that when he's trying to make the small talk and Piccolo just screams at him to go to sleep because like, they're becoming friends and Piccolo's really heavily resisting being this fatherly figure to him. Jeff, you tell me how you saw this relationship developing, Gohan and Piccolo. All right, well, I just want to comment real quick on Gohan and his character, how uh-huh. there seems to be a lack of character right now yep. with him. Well, well, I, you know, certainly I can see some some reason for that behind uh, his character because uh, Chi-Chi's trying to get him to be all scholarly-like. Right. And he just sort of seems to be lifeless because he well, has yeah, a pre- he's kind of a scholarly zombie right now. Yeah, well, he has a predestined future. The guy doesn't really have a choice here. So you know when- what he's going to be? Probably a fighter. Nerd! <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, but um, the, <laughs> the fact is that, you know, he finally gets to, you know, live this really raucous, you know, existence now, having to, you know, be on his own and right. go through this really hard training with Piccolo. So it's going to bring out character, I'm sure. I like that, yeah. Right? Because, you know, he's going to be so boring as a scholar. <laughs> Nerd. Yes, he will be. But yeah, I think uh, the what really helps that is seeing how Piccolo is like, just treating him like <laughs> such such garbage. It's actually a lot of fun to watch. Uh, but, you know, I think, it doesn't that get fleshed out in the anime like a lot? It does. We do have more moments between the two. Um, everything that we see here is in the TV series with, you know, longer scenes and more training and having to deal with each other being there. Let's talk about the Ozaru moment because it felt so much longer in the TV version because it was, you know, a full episode. Here's a couple pages. Piccolo's like, fuck, all right, goodbye, Moon. Whatever. It shows how badass Piccolo is. Yeah, like, like he I doesn't blow hesitate. The moon. He thinks about it. He knows the solution. Done. Done deal. All taken care of. I'm glad Toriyama didn't even, he didn't forget about the whole Ozaru thing. It's right. like, oh yeah, plot device. Good stuff. And he's, it's almost like he's reminding us about it, but I'll leave that. Uh, I want to nitpick a little bit. Something Enma says. We should say that Enma Dayo is um, a character from Chinese mythology. He's the judge of the afterlife. We're just like here in the in Dragon Ball. He decides whether you go to heaven or hell. Uh, Yenma, Yama, however you want to say it. They're all pretty accurate um, translations, romanizations. But there was that moment where Goku asked if Raditz came through. He was like, yeah, he didn't. He put up a fight and, you know, I sent him to hell. We see, like, a page before that they're all just the little spirit clouds. So, did the little spirit cloud put up a fight? That's what I always assumed. <laughs> I can picture this little pissed <laughs> off cloud. Just like squeaking and stuff. Yeah. And he's just like, punch down to hell. In the TV version, it seems, like, you get the impression that Raditz was a physical being there getting into a fight. But, uh, so I guess they're not really contradicting anything, but it just seems a little weird there. Let's talk about Kami for a little bit, because we get some more development. From, you know, I kind of give him <laughs> the shove aside. I don't really dislike Kami, but uh, Jeff, I'll take it over to you. We've we've learned what Piccolo is now. Yes. You kind of knew a little bit before. You've 
seen things, like, yeah. uh, whatever. But now yeah. you like actually know what he is, where he came from, yes, where Kami came from. Um, does that change your perception about like the Piccolo Kami thing? Do you, do you even care about him at all? Well, I knew I made a big stink about it before when I was like, "God's a green dude that visits <laughs> right. Earth." Are you kidding? You know, like that whole thing. Well, now that you explain that they're aliens, oh great, we're back to science fiction fantasy now. So, and you know where this is going? Yep, it's a okay for me. So, <laughs> um, no, actually, uh, it's sort of weird though, you know, because like even if they're Namekian, you mean there's an entire species of like two beings that if one dies, the other dies. Like I didn't get some clarification on that, but okay. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that's going to come up later. Of course, yeah, you'll, you'll learn all about the race. So. Okay, yeah. well, for right now, I think it's uh, certainly explains it's intriguing a lot. enough for you. It is intriguing, actually. Uh, the fact of the matter is, like, well, how they get on Earth, what happened to right. have, you know, Kami become Kami-sama, you know, like, what yes. exactly is uh, going on there? So, there's a little bit of intrigue, but, I mean, there's so much other story going on that they kind of, like, brushed it aside real quick. You right. know? So, so, for now, you're like, okay, that's interesting, but I, I am ready for this other stuff, and right. when we get back to it, whatever. Yeah, it was properly just mentioned, and then next. Good. So, it was set up appropriately, where you got just the right amount, and you're you're ready to move along with Toriyama. Yeah, unlike other things with Kami-sama, where I'm sitting there, page <laughs> after page, and I'm like, I don't want to be God anymore. Why Shut don't you do? up. Oh, go couch somewhere else. I think as we read the manga, I dislike him more and more. Me too. It's really weird. A lot of things about this bugged me, actually. What else? I liked it better when they were just demons. Yeah. And that was their whole backstory. Rather than saying, oh, wait, no, they're aliens. Because then how does that explain the henchmen from before? I have an explanation for that. Okay. I mean, there's no official explanation, but I always saw it as because Piccolo Daimao was solely the evil expelled from Kami, his uh, reproduction would, would be corrupted in some demonic kind of fashion. So rather than spitting out pure Namekians, he spat out demons. But really, it's just a retcon. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Completely. <laughs> Instead of the case of Tori, I was like, oh, I'm going to decide something new right now. And I'd be pissed off if, if for the fact that I know that Tori was going to address all this, if it was just thrown out there for the sake of being different and giving right. crazy backstory, I'd be angrier. But I know that it gets built up upon okay. later. I want to talk about uh, the rest of characters. We have new characters that have been introduced. In addition to Vegeta and Nappa, which we briefly met previously, now we have Kaiosama. So I'll take it over to you, Jeff. Uh, you're meeting him, you know, his first introduction. Maybe you've seen him a little bit in the Cell game. That oh, I definitely before. know this guy, yeah. Okay, well, tell me, what do you think about him? All right, well, uh, I always thought he was kind of cool. Like, uh, when I first watched the series of the Cell, ga- uh, Cell games, right. and it was the end of the Cell games, that's where I met him. Right, he was because he... Right. Yeah, that's exactly. the whole thing. But uh, <laughs> uh, no, meeting him now, actually, it was... Um, Kind of fun to watch. Like I, for for some reason though, when when Goku first shows up and he has to chase bubbles, <laughs> yes, right. I was like, wow, this reminds me of like a video game where you have to catch something that's running <laughs> catch around really monkey. fast. You know, like I, I, it just felt like I don't know. I just I got this random moment of like this would be a really good video game moment. You know, in Mario sixty four and subsequently in Galaxy, yep. you catch rabbits. Yep. <laughs> Indeed, that are running away from you really fast. I yes. mean, like, that whole thing just, it, oh, it just really, you know, brought out that memory. But, uh, I think Kayo is actually pretty fascinating. Uh huh. But I'm sort of shaky because we don't really see the length of his power. Cause he says, you know, ooh, I could do the Kayo Ken, which is in his name, but, or he can't really do it. He said he, couldn't pull it off. Yeah, but, it's like, why is he naming attacks after himself if he can't do them? Right. Well, that kind of gives sort of a clue as to his character. But, like, you know, he doesn't really 
fight at all. He's the new comedy relief because I feel like Kame Sinan's kind of run dry as far as yeah, his the porn jokes, the butt goes. jokes are all getting a little old. <laughs> How about the Genki Dama? So we don't know anything about the Kaioken other than it exists, but we've seen the Genki Dama for the first time here. Any thoughts on it? I mean, it's kind of a new attack. I remember reading it in an email and saying it wrong. Gen- Genki drama. <laughs> you do remember that. <laughs> yes. Nice. <laughs> Mary, how about you? You know where it goes from yeah. here. Yeah. Is it just kind of whatever? It's just kind of there. Yeah, nothing exciting. It's okay. like, oh, okay, blew up a brick. <laughs> well, actually, I kind of want to uh, mention something about that. Sure. Now, most of these attacks that I've noticed had a lot to do with them. Um, I'm sort of spinning off here, but the attacks that we've seen so far have pretty much uh, everything to do with internal yes. energy, right? The key. Yes. This is one of the first attacks, I believe. I think it may be the first attack where the energy is being drawn from other things. Yes, yeah, so the energy for the Genki Dama comes from all living things. Right. So this is the first time where it kind of says the energy doesn't have to be just inside you. It could be everything around you. And in fact, it has to be. It has to come from other things, other people, etc. So and that yeah. is a nice change. It's at least something different for these attacks. Well, you know, it kind of makes you realize there are, there are bigger things still. You know, right. like no matter when you find that there's a wall in one part of the story, there's going to be another opening somewhere that Toriyama's going to, you know, Very nice. go through. And I think, like, it, it just, oh, man, it's just another reason why I'm keeping, I'm still reading this thing. It's like, cool. even when it seems to, to block off at one facet of things, there's right. still another opening. He just goes right for it. So, cool. like, it's a small example turned into a big deal, I know, but it's still... There's little stuff like that where the Toriyama's yeah. doing, you're like, all right. Like, okay, I'll go with this. You're halfway talented. I'll keep reading. Right. Like, I can, I can see that you're really, you know, paying attention to the environment in the large sure i'll follow where you're going all right yeah it's interesting so we talked about kayo we got a new attack vegeta and napa themselves we still don't have a whole lot from them but jeff i'll stay with you do you have anything to say about them at all hmm vegeta seems so much more like a badass today like in, in this <laughs> volume you know yeah like oh my god he's... where he just kills that side man just yeah eh, oh what he's useless to me and the whole hey you why don't you take out the trash over there? <laughs> that was mean. Yeah, they're they're really, really hardcore, dude. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, they're much worse than Raditz. Raditz was <laughs> a joke compared to those guys. Raditz talked to These guys are pretty quiet. Nappa maybe talks a little too much, but they have something to show for it, at least. Right. And I like that Vegeta was smart. He's saying, hey, all right, ignore the scouter, whatever. We got this. Put it down. We can deal with it. <laughs> So he's at least halfway intelligent there. <laughs> yeah, Mary, but he's still cocky. <laughs> exactly. I'll take it over to you, Mary. Any other stuff? You were saying things were bugging you about this. Was anything else jumping out to you that was irritating or you felt was an inconsistency? No, not not especially. I would have liked to have seen more of the side characters do a bit more. Uh-huh. Although Chi-Chi was, you know, she had her good moments as side moment, characters. Yeah, falling over. Yeah. We we do actually get a little bit. You know, Han went first and then Yamcha went. Could it end his little attack there? And we're going to continue to see this because Goku's going to come back. I love that. The whole, oh, shit, I forgot you have to go back to Earth. And Goku's like, but, but I thought you could just put me there. <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't work that way. He's going to travel. So I thought that was a nice little Toriyama quirk where it's kind of a plot device of, oh, they got to stall for time while Goku shows up. But at least it was, you know funny the way he did it oh but they could have totally gone the wrong direction with that one and said oh yeah i'll just snap my fingers and you're back there like what is he dorothy you know i mean that's right because then you'd be like well why didn't he put him there sooner and exactly now yamcha's dead and, and blah, blah, blah. And why make goku go all throughout that road when kai 
Osama knew that it was going to be the end of Earth if he didn't show up there and, you know, all that stuff. What I loved the most about this volume uh-huh. is Kuridin did something awesome. <laughs> yes, yes, he did. Finally, he did nice something attack. awesome. And even Piccolo was like, all right, that's moving really slow, but it's really strong. And I forgot what he said. It was kind of like, it's a warning, like, get the fuck back because something's coming. Oh, it was good. Yeah. It actually did some damage. Yeah, it, got it did. Rid of, it got rid of some of the Saibai men. Exactly. That was great. Good on him. Exactly. That's what get you, that's what you get for dying earlier. <laughs> you do something cool later on. Exactly. You finally make yourself worth it. No, that was really a, that was a good moment to finally see him do something useful. Right. Everyone's always said that, you know, Kudadin's like the most useless character. It's whatever. not true. No, totally not true. It's true in the DBC movies. However, in the original series, eh, it's not you got to have a fall guy somewhere. Yeah. He's meant to be the comic relief. I think here he gets his due, and I think that's really awesome. I agree completely. I think we covered everything I had on my notes that I wanted to go over. Does anyone have anything else that want to touch on good volume good volume yes how's it rank for you mary jeff was saying that it was like second it's gonna be from here on out it's gonna be extremely hard for me to rank everything because i know what to expect it was a lot Uh easier with dragon ball because i was like okay most of this is new for me but now since i know what to expect and i have something to compare it to i don't think i can accurately describe how i feel about things how do you feel about the entire saiyajin arc as a whole it's my second favorite favorite, yeah oh okay cool i really enjoyed as well so i have the same thing going on where i don't know that i can rank it because i can't do an individual volume because i see it as a whole arc that's what my problem is too all right that's why i'm glad we have jeff here nice that's right fresh yes so jeff we'll get into predictions this is what i want to do with you oh crap i forgot about this i know and i keep forgetting to listen to the last manga review to see what you predicted previously i don't think i predicted anything i I don't think you did last volume I can't remember because what was I going to predict? I don't know. Uh, well, let's do it now. Goku's still dead? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think is going to happen? I'm going to grab it. Oh, that's just a tease. You're going to check me I'm as I look. say it. I just want to see what it goes up to because I know I have it. Oh, okay. What do you think is going to happen in the next volume? We've left it where all the Saiyan men are dead, Yamcha's dead, and uh, Nappa's about to join in the fight here. Hmm. All right, so, well, we need Goku back in order to, to fight the uh, the guys, right, Nappa and Vegeta, but the problem is um, it takes them two days to get back. Right. And it ain't two days yet. In fact, as far as we know, they just killed the Saibai men, but there's still Nappa and Vegeta to go. Right. I think some people are going to get hurt. Okay. Uh, whether Goku's going to show up, I would say, you know what, I'm going to guess the very end of the next volume. Go- Goku's finally going to show up. All right. Because they still got to figure out what to do in two days. Right. So, um, yeah, could have been an awesome attack, but damn it, you just wasted their <laughs> use of <laughs> wasted two days your usefulness for, for like the next couple volumes. God damn. So, um, that's pretty much what I could say right now. I think next volume is probably going to be much of a fighting volume with the other characters. I don't really see much else other than that and Goku returning. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. I'm psyched to read this next volume with you. Sweet. Me too. Nice. So we will be back. I don't exactly know which episode of next month we'll do this because we delayed this one a little bit. So maybe we'll delay it next month like a week or two maybe. Kind of space them out a little more. Because otherwise we'd do this or another. And then we're back to manga. So we'll space out a little bit. But when we come back to the manga review of Awesomeness, we'll be up to volume 19 of the original Japanese numbering of the Tankobon. It'll be DBZ volume 3 going by the Viz. And I actually should really start checking out the Viz big stuff. Because I think they're doing three volumes in one. So this would still be volume 1 of Viz big DBZ. And going by the Kanzenban. So volume 15 is what you want to look at for the Kanzenban. I think that's it for the topic. So, Jeff, thank you. 
No problem. Are you still here for the rest of the episode? Yay. So let's move on. We are going to do some releases. Mary, we talked about it briefly because we have it already, but on the 19th, we got somethings. Yes, officially, something comes out on the 19th. That's Dragon Ball, the complete illustrations, also known as Daisenshu number one. It's the English release. You can get it for about $25, and Amazon.com still doing a pre-order for only $16.49. Nice. And then also that same day, I was talking about Viz Big, volume two of that, which should be volumes four, five, and six of Z. That's coming out. It is uh, $18. Amazon's got a pre-order of $12.00. 23 right now. Jeff, give me what's coming out on August 27th. Well, on that Wednesday, it looks like the uh, PS2 and Wii software Dragon Ball Z Spocking Meteor and PS3 and Xbox 360 software Dragon Ball Z Burst Limit comes out. This is the soundtrack for both games. Uh, we're still waiting for more information, though, but it looks like it's going to be 3,000 yen and it's available on CG Japan. Righto, that's 30 bucks. I'm loading it up here to see if we have any more info. Oh, we have a cover now. Let me load it up for y'all. Live breaking it's, news. Uh, Kinda tiny. They're I've seen those pictures it, before. They're calling it Dragon Ball Z Burst Limit Original Soundtrack on the cover here. So that's interesting. Kind of like a Super Survivor CD single for the opening theme. They just call it Super Survivor, even though it has the uh, Burst Limit theme song on it. So that's kind of yeah. The text is in English, so we'll see where this goes. Oh, still no track listing on it. But uh, good stuff. CD Japan's got a pre-order price of uh, twenty-five eighty-seven. So get in on that shiz. That's it for releases. So I guess we'll take it on over to a couple quick emails. Jeff, you're my email guy. Give me yes. the first one here. All right. This email is from Draco underscore star underscore home. He says, I am brand new to your website, which is fantastic, by the way. It was brought to my attention via a fellow website visitor of yours. I'm not sure if it's a rumor or not, nor am I sure if it's uh, if it was past potted. I've never heard that before, but I think that's an awesome phrase. Brilliant. I got to use that. There's a website, enter URL here. <laughs> it's the uh, IGN board for Dragon Ball. That has information of a Dragon Ball Z game I've never heard of and wanted to know either more about it or to see if it was a hoax. And what better way than to visit the Kais themselves? Oh, that's witty. I've been downloading your past podcast and I would just like to extend a thank you. So I clicked the link here and immediately I noticed they were talking about sprite ripping. So this is clearly just some fan-made game that's being produced out there. This is nothing official. There have been a few fan-made games over the years. I think, Mary, someone even made a Trunks thing that was on your site for a while. Yes, I did. A Trunks RPG. Nice. So, I mean, this is nothing. This has been around for decades now. Uh, they're talking about um, Super Butoden sprites, that kind of stuff. So, I, I don't know. It's just another fan-made game. Maybe it'll be cool. Maybe it won't. I don't really know anything about it. I just thought this was an interesting email coming off of the final Budokai stuff that we had earlier on in the episode. So, hopefully that's an answer for you. Jeff, we got one here from Tyze. Tyze says... My brother and I recently attended a local anime convention and were surprised to find sets of strange Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z box set DVDs for sale. We knew right away they were not American release, and I'm pretty sure they're not from the Dragon Box either. We asked the man selling them about this, and he seemed just as clueless. He wasn't even sure right off the bat if they were DVDs. Each set has the original Japanese dialogue in stereo, as well as English and Chinese subtitles. We bought a bunch of them for $5 each. The video and audio quality are good, but the English subtitles are poor. I've attached pictures of these DVDs, and I'm hoping that you can shed some light on what exactly it, was, it is we purchased. Are these bootlegs or DVDs from another country? Uh-oh. Mary, I don't even need to load up the pictures that are over on this computer, but... Bootleg, bootleg, bootleg. 
Anything that has English and Chinese subtitles is almost always guaranteed to be a bootleg product. You're reading terrible English subtitles. That's another great hint that these are and five dollars and five. Yeah, you don't pay five dollars for a box set of stuff. I mean, it just does not work that way. Even for oh no, they recently busted someone in Japan for selling Dragon Box. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, these are we've seen these before. We've seen them in New York, all over the place. It's the the blue covers for. Z, um, the original Dragon Ball ones. They even say Dragon Box on them. So, like, they're actively trying to confuse consumers, I think. These are absolutely bootlegs. I am really sorry to hear that you picked these up. And that just gives me a great chance to plug the DVD guide over on Daizenshu EX. And you can also check out Konzentai, because they have a, a great guide to the actual Dragon Boxes in, uh, I think, individual releases over there as well. That'll let you know what official releases there are for the series. And you will not see these particular DVDs there, because these are bootleg, and we do not promote or endorse or want anything to do with them whatsoever. As much shit as we give Funimation for, you know, their treatment of the series, at least they're legit items. They are professionally translated. We had Steve on the show back on uh, the one-year anniversary, so you want to support that stuff, not the triads and supporting rape and pillaging, that kind of stuff. That's going to wrap up the emails. Mary, people got questions. You send them on over to podcast at diezex.com. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at D-A-I-Z-E-X.com. Nice. Thank you. So that's it for this episode. We talked about Daizenshu. We talked about news. We talked about video games making money. And Otakons. And Otakons. Well, just one particular Otakon. And we talked about manga. We had a lot of exciting things here. But it has to come to a close. So, Jeff, thank you for joining us this episode. I don't want to (laughs) leave. You have to because the episode's over. Oh. And some people have to go to work tomorrow. Oh. (laughs) But, Jeff, if people want more hot Jeff on Mike action (laughs) on Andrew. (laughs) Yeah. You've got something. Go for it, man. All right. Listen to our other podcast. (laughs) That's VG Convos, the podcast at www.vgconvos.com. I said I would have it up for Oticon, and I did indeed have it up Thursday morning. You're crazy, man. I am crazy. We got regular blog entries that we're making as well. I told Andrew he has to make an entry because I don't think you've heard his ongoing 360 Elite from Dell story. Yes, I've heard part of it. All right. Well, there's there's another development today, an offer they put up on their site. It's oh, just Jesus a hilarious Christ. story. Oh, so God. hopefully no. he can write something up. Speaking of 360s, I really need to call Microsoft and get mine sent back because Rock Band 2 is out in less than a month. <gasps> and oh, I need to make sure that... Less than a month? <gasps> on 360 exclusively for like a month <gasps> after that. So you'll have to come over here and play it. Yeah, okay. But we'll be playing. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> so excited! Yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> so uh, Jeff, VG Convos, we'll see you there. Sweet. Nice. Mary, let's get rid of you. Right. Temple Trunks. The website. The legend. The podcast. The site that no one goes to anymore. Why? No, that's okay. It's my own fault. Anyway, you can find Temple Trunks at www.templeotrunks.com. Now I gotta go open my Trunks figure. <laughs> nice. That leaves me and Julian. Hopefully we'll uh, talk to Julian next week. I don't know what we're doing next week. I don't know what he's doing next week. Growing to sideburns, baby. sideburns even more. Hot. I wholeheartedly approve of this. So Julian and I can be found at Dies and X, name of the podcast you're listening to right now. That's www.daizex.com. Next week, we're going to talk about Dies and 1 as released by Viz compared to the original Japanese version and uh, translations and typos and all sorts of hilarious. I think it's going to be hard to mess this up. But I- apparently they messed up <laughs> spelling. It's just a little thing. 
things here and there. It's almost irrelevant, except for when they use the wrong word. I find that hilarious. So look forward to that next week. Until then, Jeff over here. For me. For you. For Mary. And me. And you. For Julian off in Japan, who wants to play the role of Julian. And me. A little deeper. And me. Longer sideburns. <laughs> How do you vocalize that? <laughs> okay, whatever you say. That leaves me, Mike, Vegito EX, and Jeff. Do it. Daisenshu EX Podcast to Konsumo Kite Kutisate Arigato Kazaimasu. Jikaimo, Tamashimini. Because I'm a Sue. I pronounce my Sue's okay. <laughs> <laughs>